Delirium in the ICU is associated with increased hospital length of stay, with cognitive impairment, and even with death. Delirium may go undetected in many of our hospitalized patients or be assumed to be part of the normal course of the disease. However, in this study they found that family-administered delirium detection has a high sensitivity in being able to detect delirium. Unfortunately, it has a low selectivity, which means that we're able to find more patients who have delirium present, but we're going to have a bunch of false positives. While family-detected delirium is highly sensitive, nurses still will need to validate the findings of the family. Welcome to the Nurse Tutor Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This issue that we're talking about this week is especially timely because now we're in this COVID crisis and we're limiting the number of visitors and the amount of time that people can visit with the ICU patients, which means that we're no longer going to get some of those early warning signs from family members questioning level of consciousness as possibly being abnormal and needing additional assessment. So this puts an additional burden on the nursing staff of having to do those assessments more frequently since we may not be getting some of this data from our patients' families. Family involvement increases the detection of patient problems. This includes not only delirium, but confusion, respiratory distress, and falls. So we're now in a time when we're not going to have some of those early warnings from our patient's family, and it's going to be us that's going to have to increase our vigilance in assessment. Family members know that patient better than we do. So oftentimes they can pick up little signs or little changes that we may not be able to pick up, or maybe they're identifying something that we assumed was part of the patient's condition on admission or their condition yesterday, and we didn't understand that there was a change in condition that the family was able to pick up sooner than we do. They also spend more time sitting at the bedside staring at the patient uh, than oftentimes we're able to do, so it's another good opportunity to be able to pick up on some of these changes that occur. However, right now, you know that their family visitation is limited. So that puts an extra burden of strain on the nursing staff in having to increase the observation of our patients. Now let's add to that the additional situation that occurs when patients are put in isolation. So our COVID patients are isolated. Previous studies that have been done have looked at patients in isolation and found that those patients are seen less often by physicians and by other therapies. These would be additional eyes that would be on the patient. So even though we may be doing our assessments and we may be continuing to do all the normal care we would with a patient, whether they're in isolation or not, the patient's not going to get the benefit of having some of those other caregivers walking into the bedside and putting some eyes on the patient. 
So what are some things that you can do? Be aware that the direct observation of your patients is decreased. Use any opportunity you can to gain assessments. Be hyper alert to any changes that occur in your patient's assessment. An additional topic this week as we're talking about COVID and some of the situations that occur in managing our patients with COVID is the responsibility of nurses to be spreading the word about how we can prevent people from becoming infected. So often on social media, I will see people spreading information about not using masks or not using social distancing, etc. It is our opportunity and our responsibility as nurses to educate the public on the things that they can do to be able to decrease the spread. So do your part. It is your responsibility. Use your data to support what you're saying. Go to the CDC. Maybe your hospital has information on COVID that you can send people to to read more about it so that people are getting data and solid information instead of all sorts of crazy ideas that they're getting from their friends and neighbors. This is the only way that we're going to be able to dispel some of these myths. I say this because I continue to see at stores and restaurants and other places that people are walking around without masks. They're walking around not paying any attention to social distancing and completely ignoring it as if COVID is already gone. You know better. You see it every day. To wrap up, Family members can help you to identify complications due to their familiarity with the patient. Use them whenever possible. Also, use your voice to bring attention to evidence-based practice. This is a perfect opportunity now because the public is crying out for information about COVID, but certainly you can use your voice all the time, every day, year-round, every year, to help our public understand evidence-based practice. Thank you for joining me. You can subscribe to the Nurse Tutor Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks again. Until next time, bye now.